Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price. Today's guest is one of the most outgoing and all-around awesome people I know. His creative drive is insane. His filmmaking skills are out of the world. And I am so excited to introduce Andrew Lounsbury as this week's guest on Ambitious. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm, you know, I'm doing great. I, uh, I just ate dinner and I'm feeling, I'm feeling relaxed and ready to go off about film for the next half hour. Sounds good. So, first things first, I want to know what led you into filmmaking. Um, honestly, I, uh, my, my first time with, like, filmmaking was when I was a lot younger. Um, like, single digits, probably, like, eight, nine. Uh, I started getting into, well, I, like, I was already into Legos, but I, um, I would do, like, the stop-motion things with the whole Lego app on, like, my iPod, and that was, like, I would just build them um, brick by brick and take a picture of each one, and it would look like it was being created by itself, and I just thought that was so cool, and I think that's what really started it off for me. So, how do you feel like you kind of expanded your horizon as you got older, like, with filmmaking after just starting from stop-motion and now, like, making full-fledged short films and stuff? Um, I think as I progressed down the whole film area or, you know, down my whole journey with film, I think a lot of the part, a big part was uh, Instagram, actually, uh, where I do make a lot of my short films on there and everything and my rants and all that stuff, um, which are quite funny. But um, Agreed. <laughs> yeah, I would... Uh, you know, the, the first rant I did, I think, was in, like, eighth or ninth grade, and it was about the Common Core. And after that, everyone was just, they, like, they all loved it. And I was like, well, I, you know, I really enjoy making these videos, and, you know, it's, it's genuinely a good time. And I think a lot of what progressed into it was my, um, what was, was how much enjoyability I got from, is that a word? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the amount of, enjoyabil of enjoyability that I got from each video that I was creating. So how, as time has kind of transitioned and yeah, you used Instagram, how did you kind of dive into like making it through YouTube as well? Um, well, I don't use YouTube as much because every time I try to make a video over a minute, it becomes drawn out. And I, I mean, I, I'm getting better at that, but I think a lot of it has to do with editing. Um, but the, I mean, I don't know the whole, the whole progression into everything. It's just, it's just, I, I don't even, I don't even, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's the amount of creativity that you, and the amount of like passion you put into each video, basically. So it's almost kind of more entertaining and easier to make the Instagram like short videos because you can kind of like get everything done in one minute and it doesn't have to be drawn out is that kind of what you're trying to say right you can be blunt like you don't have to you don't have to hide everything until the very end you know what i mean like a movie it's like you know it kind of that's that's what movies do is they try to keep you on the edge of your seat until the last 15 minutes when everything is finally drawn out and concluded whereas on instagram i can just get it all out and it's all in your face and on the open for you that's good so I've always wondered how you kind of shoot your short films, how kind of cost of expensive it is to you, and then versus kind of how most other people film and how expensive it is to them. Um, well, lately I've been 
using the school cameras. I think the most expensive thing uh, for any filmmaker is both um, the type of camera that you're getting and also the, um, well, the, yeah, just like, you know, equipment and, uh, and the editing software. Those are the most expensive things, you know, apart from if, you know, your film has props or if you need to pay to be on a certain location at a certain date or, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think uh, a lot of the, the, um, the, the money that you have to spend definitely has to go towards editing software and technology used to make the films. How do you feel you, about your skills as a filmmaker and, you know, editing um, your films and audio and stuff? I mean, you know, I am where I am. There's no, it's not really set in stone because I can always do better. I can always make the next film better, you know. Um, because when I first started getting into editing, like, there are some things that I still don't even know about the editing software that I use, which is iMovie, which is free. Um, <laughs> I think that there's always room to improve no matter, no matter what. So what kind of goes on behind the scenes of how you edit your films and how long does that kind of process take for you? Like how long do the films take? Or? How long does it take you to edit and kind of um, edit the audio and everything for your films? Well, it depends on the type of film. Like if, uh, if I'm making a, like an Instagram rant, I just... As stuff comes to me, I, I just kind of roll with it. And if I'm trying to be funny or do something a little crazy, I might, you know, quickly do something like 15 seconds, like change the color of the frame or something like that and just, you know, play around with it and make it as weird as I can. But if I'm doing something more serious and I want to take it seriously, um, it, it, it does take a bit longer because you, you do try to... Um, find the best way to do each thing and try to make it as perfect in your head as possible because it's all like in the person's head you know it's a vision and making that vision a reality is what the ultimate goal is so you're trying to capture what's in your brain and put it on onto a format and a lot of the time a lot of time a lot of the time that it takes to do stuff like that is uh is through the editing process so it, it does take quite a bit of time if you want to be serious about it so kind of transitioning a little bit, I want to ask you your opinion on some stuff. And the first thing was, as we were just kind of coming through questions, is society and, you know, politics is influence on film industry. So first, kind of like society's influence on film industry from your perspective. I think that's a very, very good question. <laughs> um, society definitely, definitely plays a part in film. Um I I know that it always has and it, it always will but I think what we need in order to better the film industry or enter the entertainment industry in general is I feel as if we need to break away kind of from the uh, from the, uh, the the political area you know like not every movie that everyone has to make has to be a political statement if you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. like um I don't know how to explain, but like some, some, uh, even like, I don't, I can't like, for like an example, like even like Bohemian Rhapsody or some of these like famous bioptics that just came out, they kind of tie in like the political stuff and then the actors and the directors make it political 
with the media and the marketing and it doesn't have to be like that and it's kind of just the way society's transitioned and time has kind of transitioned with film and it kind of as you said should kind of break away from that but exactly. unfortunately that's the way it's kind of gone and even like I went last night and saw Rocket Man the new one that the guy from Bohemian Rhapsody directed and it's very good it's probably I think personally better than Bohemian Rhapsody but it's just still saying the political statement. And even, like, I haven't seen Aladdin yet, but I can bank at this point that there's probably some kind of political statement in there. Most definitely. Like, there, there's no escaping from it because all these big companies want want everyone to, to feel some sense of justice as if, you know, they're, they're working towards, you know, integrating more, you know, more cultures, more ethnicities, more genders, whatever. And it's... It's or sexualities, whatever you know, whatever. But it's um, there comes a time where you just have to sit back and realize, you know, is this where I want film to go? Like, do I want every single film that everybody's making to be about politics and social issues, or you know, can they just be what they originally were, which was stories? And you know, like, not everything has to be a statement. And I think that's that's a very important thing and piece in film that a lot of people are missing today. Uh, a good example of that would be, I mean, have you seen the new Star Wars films? Are you in Star Wars or anything like that? I'm iffy on Star Wars. There was a little bit of time I got kind of like, I dove into it, and then I kind of backed out of it a little, but I right, haven't seen right. it Well, not that I have anything about Daisy Ridley. I love Daisy Ridley. She plays the, the main character now, which is right. But, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem with them casting a female lead if Disney didn't announce it like it was some big thing. Like, they just, they kept going off about how, wow, we finally have a female main lead and we finally have a female villain who, uh, Captain Phasma, which is the, the big female villain, only got five minutes of screen time in both films. Like, there, he got nothing and they, and they made a big deal about how she was, you know, the, the new it person. And I think, it's a, it's a it's a true testament as uh, how film has been altered by politics and people try to just satisfy everybody else instead of telling the story that they should and want to tell. I think it also kind of comes from the marketing perspective of like as people are kind of promoting like what you want to hear like even as, I hate saying this but even if I promote like an episode of this and I promote like an episode that's about I don't know um LeBron James and the NFL draft but if there's one snippet of it that I go on a rant and it's a very like popular issue right now and it's like a minute long thing I'm gonna promote that the hardest even if it's not the bulk of it because it's gonna be what draws in viewers and if Disney promotes like oh we have a brand new female lead she's gonna be like the it person that draws in viewers whether they walk out of there pissed off or not, it's still drawed in viewers, it's still put money in their pocket, and although it might not have been great for the story and the plot, it just is kind of the marketing and business perspective of how do I draw in the most viewers, how do I get in, or even in the podcasting perspective, how do I get the most listens in, and it kind of applies to business as a whole, even with, like, sports in general you're gonna market your biggest attraction even if your biggest attraction is not gonna be there or not gonna be a prominent person just because it's what puts butts in seats and what gets people to listen to things and it's just kind of the way things have changed and unfortunately it's getting more political with stuff like as you said the female lead thing 
and it's not how film should be, but it's unfortunately the way things are trending to tie it kind of back all together. Right, and uh, you know, one of my mentors in film, which you know, he he, I mean, you know, Mr. Gold, yes. he's your teacher, right? Yeah, yes. he's 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 definitely one of the best person uh, people. He's one of the best people to talk about film with, and you know, he when he was talking to me about you know possibly going into film as a career, and, uh, you know, all this and all that, he was like, you know, every film that you make has to be the story you want to tell, and I think a lot of the big films and big industries nowadays aren't pushing for stories that they want to tell, but they're pushing for things that audiences want to hear. As you said, they're pushing for the female leads. They're pushing for, you know, uh, this, that, and the other thing just to satisfy people to get them into their theaters. And I think that's a big problem with the film industry today is that it's corrupted by the politics and the societal standards that we try to set for ourselves when really it should just be about people trying to tell the story that they want to tell that's kind of how i've i started off when i did this podcast i started having people on who i was like oh this person is going to draw in listeners this person is going to be you know the best person to have on because they're going to further the audience and although i'm not taking a shot at any of the people i've had on i loved all the interviews and i was still proud of what i put out there Last Monday, I had um, this Margie Mays girl on, a phenomenal singer and an even better person. And it was, I walked out of filming that thinking, like feeling fulfilled. And it was what I wanted to do. And it was interviewing people I wanted to interview. So, like, even having right. you on at this point, I'm having people on I want to talk to. Whether people like it or not, it's kind of putting my opinion and my perspective and my story out there, like Mr. Gold's kind of teaching you, because I want to feel fulfilled. And if I walk out of this with nothing in the ratings column, but I walk out of it feeling fulfilled, that's what really matters to me at this point. And that, and that is what should matter to, you know, everybody at the end of the day, whether or not they're fulfilled. And... You know, no matter how much money Disney is making or how much money any big company, even, you know, Lucasfilm, well, that, that is Disney owned now, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You know, no, like none of the material stuff matters. It's all about, you know, like you said, you know, how happy you are, how fulfilled you are and where your you know, where your next step is. And I think that should be a big thing is, you know where your next step is going to be and how how you're going to, you know, I, I don't know what to say here. I mean, it's just, it, it should be about the story that even you, uh, you know, with the podcast, it's about the, the story and the talks that you want to have or what you want to tell and what you want to do. And that's how it should be for almost everything. It, it shouldn't be limited to just, oh, we're going to do this because people want this. You know what I mean? And I think and I think that you understanding and realizing that is very important from from both a film and just a you know and life perspective. It's very kind of I don't know disheartening that you and I were not adults. We're having this conversation as young adults, and um, obviously Mr. Gold kind of put the idea in your head and everything too, but we're realizing at a young age that we need to tell what we want to do and people are going to either like it or they're going to hate it, but whatever happens, it's fulfilling to us. And in film industry right now, kind of to tie it all together, it's just... Like, I don't understand how some of these directors walk out after doing a controversial-style movie that involves politics and stuff and kind of just doing what people want to see and not what they want to do, feeling fulfilled because that's kind of... I don't understand how people will feel 
happy about their work if all you're doing is kind of trying to please other people and not please yourself. Because those are the people that make the money. And which, which is the sad truth about it. The, the people with the billions of dollars are the people that just throw things out there for other people to sit down and say, oh, yeah, I like that. I'll give up my money. I do disagree with you slightly on that part because if I'm disinterested doing an interview or if one of these directors is disinterested in a movie, it shines through. If you truly have passion about a project, like I can think of an example of um, Bradley Cooper last year with A Star Is Born. You can hear it in his interviews. You could hear it in every, even in the on-screen product. He put his heart and soul into that. That was passion built, and the results were awesome. And you, I guarantee he walked out feeling fulfilled. But maybe if there was a movie like I can't think of another movie prominently that he's been in, except like a, maybe American Sniper or something, where maybe he walked out of it not feeling fulfilled, but the ratings were still good. But obviously, it shines through in your product if you're doing something that you feel fulfilled. So maybe you won't make as much money as someone who's trying to do what people want to see but you're still making money you're still seeing results and if you walk out of it feeling fulfilled i mean we're not on this earth to make billions of dollars we're on it to have a good time and right. make yourself happy and if you're not doing that but you're making money i don't understand how you're accomplishing that mission yeah and i understand where you're coming from with the whole bradley cooper thing i i agree with that as well i mean but um from my standpoint i was talking more like director wise like if you think do you, do you know jj abrams yes and that's the other thing is cooper directed that film so that's what I mean. Like, he put something out there that he was confident in rather than something that he wasn't, you know, feeling fulfilled about. And it shines through in the acting and it shines through in the everybody else's performances. And even in, like, an interview, like, a podcast thing, you're shining through, like, with a conversation, like, if you're actually interested in it. Right. And, yeah, and I, I can appreciate those people that do put something out there that people are interested in as well. Like, that's... Not that it's rare, but it, like nowadays, it's it's a very hard find that you know something is so successful that someone is truly and almost passionate about. Like, I mean, like you said, Bradley Cooper with you know A Star Is Born, like that was that was an incredible film. I I wanted to see that like eight times, um, and the acting was amazing, and the, the music was amazing. It was just it was fantastic, and. You're absolutely right that it does shine through that, you know, he put his heart and soul into that production and he was happy with the outcome. And, you know, everyone else loved it too. And I think that's another thing is, you know, when you are so passionate about something, the other people may find your passion as well, which is what should be going on instead of people just trying to make money off of a few social issues. That's, I completely agree on that perspective as well. And it's just kind of, it's sad that that's even like in me, or media, like we learn about, honestly, in Mr. Gold's class about, you know, Nike with the campaign with Colin Kaepernick. There could be 50% of people in that room who are completely against what Colin Kaepernick stands for, but he puts money in their pocket and they're not going to feel fulfilled, but they're doing what they think is best for the company, for them. And if the product isn't great, it's just what people want to see and it's political. That's kind of the way, I don't know, I think everything in our society is kind of trending towards at this point. And it's sad, like there's podcasts devoted to talking political just because it draws people in. Some of the top podcasts are because of that. Some of the top movies right now are because of that. Top TV shows, just because they have those political knacks. And especially in a time right now where there's so much like political dissension, I guess. And 
the parties, like, whether you're, whether how you feel, whether you support our president, whether you're against him, there's just dissension between the parties and people in the film industry and the audio industry and just in the entertainment industry as a whole are capitalizing off that to put money in their pockets in a sense and not kind of exactly. doing what they want to feel confident about. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So kind of transitioning a little, you're, as we talked about before, an aspiring filmmaker. So a bigger question in that sense of how do you want to, put your mark on the film industry? Honestly, um, I'm not sure if I will. No one's sure of anything. And although I do want to put my mark on the industry and I I do want to make films that I'm passionate about that other people may be passionate about as well, um, there's no guarantee of of any mark happening. Um, I'd love to leave, you know, a legacy behind me where... I have all these great films. Um, you know, I mean, I, you know, the, the stuff I make it a lot of it's funny and sarcastic and you know witty and, uh, but none of it is serious. I, I, I genuinely want to make a, a more serious kind of film later down the line. I, mean, I, I you know, a, a lot of <laughs> another a, a lot of the issues today is that in order to get big and get popular, you do have to make controversial you know, films and mm-hmm. societal political films. And, you know, a lot of my rants, uh, I'm not going to lie, a lot of my rants are based around societal problems. And that's because, you know, they, they get people talking, they get people interested. And it is a big problem because I feel as if I can't post what I want to post unless the viewers are satisfied. And um, I, if, if there was one way for me to, change the film industry and leave my mark on the industry it would be to just start telling stories that people are interested in again and one other thing i want to ask you is you're i don't you kind of it sounds like you're almost doubting how you're going to be able to put your impact in on the industry something that kind of sticks out is and i don't want to take knacks at because i guarantee there's going to be people from our school listening to this you and i kind of stand out already and it sounds bad but with your YouTube and your music and everything, you are charismatic and out there. With the podcasting, I'm out there and charismatic and kind of producing stuff already. And I don't doubt that you're going to be able to put your impact on the film industry somehow, whether it be on screen, whether it be behind the scenes, whether you're doing music somehow, because you already are driven at this point to make a difference. And I think you will be able to put your mark on it somehow, some way, even though... Maybe right now you don't feel as if you're going to, or you're going to, but you have the talent, and you definitely have the drive, and I think you can do it. And I think already at this point, me, you, and obviously there's a couple other people have set themselves apart from, like, the societal pact of just going to work in 9-to-5 job and not be fulfilled and do something that they're happy about. And obviously that kind of thing is going to be a trailblazer and make a mark on whatever you're determined to do, whether it be music, film, on camera, or behind the scenes, you're going to be able to make an impact somehow. And, I, you know, I thank you so much for that. Like, I, you know, um, I'll, like, sometimes I'll talk about film to my parents or, you know, whoever. They're like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, that's the same as saying you want to be an NBA player, you want to be in the NFL. Like, it's... You know, it, it has to be a commitment, and you have to be passionate about it, and you have to be creative. Like, there's there's no, and you, you have you just 
you have to strive for the best that you can do and the best that you can be. And you can't try to satisfy other people. And I think that's what, like you said, that's what separates us from a lot of other people, not only in our school, but in most of our community is that, you know, again, as you said, we're out there. We put ourselves out there. And that's very important for um, trying to start a career in this industry, uh, which hopefully someday I can successfully say that I am in. Honestly, another thing you, and I think as time has wore on, when I started this, like, I titled it Ambitious, but, like, I didn't really, I think it was because I was ambitious, but as I've time's gone on, especially the past two weeks, I've had conversations, especially like this one, where we're talking about stuff, like, you're ambitious about. Obviously, I talk about sports, I talk about music and um, controversial topics with opinion-based sports stuff. But, like, when I have these conversations, especially the last two weeks, dreams and, like, ambitions have come up, especially, like, people saying, you can't do that. And something my guest last week, Margie May, said was, like, when she was went on American Idol and then she was starting her recording career, she said, this is a dream that's too big to say out loud. And essentially, she said she never verbalized her dreams because she was afraid of people thinking, oh, you have a big ego. Oh, you're never going to make it because that's, like, unrealistic. Like, being an NBA player, making it, being a movie star kind of thing. Like, it's never going to happen. But because she didn't put it out there, she was just striving to the best. And something she said, and it's kind of a good thing as we we live in a small town. We don't live in the New York City. And it's a good thing to kind of think back of when somebody says like, oh, you're not going to make it in film. Oh, you're not going to make it in podcasting. Oh, you're not going to make it in music. You kind of can look right back at him and say, well, what dream did you give up to get there? Honestly, like if a teacher like I don't want to throw out names that's why i respect mr gold because he didn't give up his dream he chased his dream and now he's giving back and being a teacher and teach enlightening youth it kind of like if a teacher if you do a paper and say oh my god i want to be an mlb player and your teacher says oh that's not gonna happen well you can look back at them right in the face and say well what dream did you get up to get or what dream did you give up to become a teacher because nobody dreams about being a construction worker. Nobody dreams about that. I mean, maybe there's some people that do. Nobody dreams about flipping burgers, though. People have these big dreams, and if you don't verbalize it and kind of believe in it and chase it at a young age or even be that passionate about it as like you are with your filmmaking, as I am with the podcasting thing, it's never going to happen. So if somebody knocks you down a peg and says, oh, you're not going to make it in the industry, well, you're doing something already to try to make it, and you're already kind of kickstarting yourself into the chase to make your dreams come true. I don't know if that made sense, but no, it, it makes complete sense, and I completely agree. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are going to try to knock you down, and you know, uh, you always you just got to pick yourself back up, whether it's in sports or in film or in music or even in podcasts, you know, whatever you want to do, there's always going to be those few people who just want to knock you down a few pegs because they can't achieve their dreams themselves and they want to see other people fail. I have one final question for you. And it's a little bit of a big one, but um, it's kind of related to the industry thing. But overall, you have your foot in already at a young age in a little bit of music and a little bit of on-screen work and a little bit of behind-the-scenes work. And I don't doubt that you're charismatic enough to make any of that happen. But what is the legacy you want to live? 
or you lead, I guess. When you're when it's all said and done and you're six feet under, what is the legacy you want to have left? I want I I just I don't want anything bad surrounding my my person. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's all these scandals and there's all this drama and there's all this this and all this that. I just don't want any part of it. I think a legacy I want to leave is I just want I just want to be known for being, you know, charismatic but simplistic as well. You know, I, I want I want like when I'm six feet under I want people to look back and be like, damn, you know, although I'm not sure if I'm going to get into the film industry. This is, you know, purely like speculation. Um, although he, you know, was successful in the film industry, whether it was behind or on the screen, um, you know, he was he was a good he was a good man. He was a good guy, and you know, I, I just want I just I want the respect. Um, I want I want to I earn the respect of of people. You know, because I've always been seen as immature and, um, I, I don't know, I, yeah, just immature, really. Uh, and there, I, I really don't want to break away from that. I think that is a title that I like having. I like being immature, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there, there are a lot of uh, women out there that I have uh, tried to you know, go on a date with or such and such that I have had feelings for. And they're like, no, you know, you're too immature. Well, you know, it just means I'm not boring. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be boring. I want to, I want to be respected, even, you know, despite, you know, everyone has their issues, despite maybe, you know, one or two issues, like whether it be my immaturity or this, that, or the other thing. Um, you know, I want to be respected and I want, immaturity to be a good, immaturity and creativity I, I think those two see um, the thing is you're not a complete like basket case immature person because like obviously there's people that we're even friends with that I could have on this podcast and five minutes in we'd be talking about some random topic that wasn't even relevant to what we started on about or what it was supposed to be and they're making stupid jokes and making cracks and it's just not good content and it's not a good session or, yeah, and it's not also good um, representation of their personality either because it kind of shows, oh, they really are just an immature person. But we just sat down here and had a 30-something minute conversation about life, you know, your impact, fulfillment, and everything. So obviously you're not completely immature. You have that side of you, but you're also mature enough, which is very rare at our age, honestly, to sit down and have this conversation. So it was definitely a very, I think, awesome conversation to have and we've never actually sat down and had this kind of long conversation about dreams and what we want to accomplish so I thank you for doing that with me and it was a lot of fun and it's kind of part of the reason I like doing this because I get to talk to people that I wouldn't normally sit down and have these conversations with so thank you a lot for doing that and thank you a lot for coming on and I hope you had a good time so is there anything you want to plug social media wise and say before we close out I mean, not really, dude. I just, you know, thank you for having me on, and I, I genuinely hope that we can do this again sometime because I, I did enjoy our conversation, and you know, you made some very good points and very good um, examples of 
problems and how to fix them and you just you know you, you know I what I took from this you know I'm a, I'm a little inspired by you as well you know you're you're a great guy and I, I love what you're doing on the show and you know uh, just keep doing what you're doing and you know thank you for having me on thank you and it goes both ways and definitely kind of motivate me as well to I don't know try to be more out there and charismatic in uh, everyday life. So thank you a lot for coming on again. That was Andrew Lounsbury. Thank him. Thank you again for coming on.